Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on my show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. Take what helps and leave the rest. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. And that means a lot of salt and no sugar. I've actually been very dehydrated before and it's super not fun, especially if you are in the middle of a hike or maybe a yoga routine. When you sweat, the primary electrolyte lost is sodium and you can lose up to seven grams per day. When sodium isn't replaced, it's common to experience muscle cramps and fatigue. Element is so sure you will love their product and come back for more. They are offering you a free Element sample pack. That's eight single serving packets free. Just cover the cost of shipping, $5 for US customers. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash helpmebeme. This deal is not available on their regular website. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash helpmebeme. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and we'll give your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. Hi friends, it's Sarah May. This is an episode I am doing. It's an interview episode, which I are not my most common episodes. <clears throat> it's with a an author named Becca Piastrelli. I mean, you're going to hear that name again shortly. I just wanted to give a little uh, introduction as to why I'm doing this episode in particular. And also um, just address um, all of you who have written to me about the ads in the show. I very much appreciate your very gentle and kind feedback. And as you all know, I have not had advertising in this show for the last seven years and I just started in the last six months. So appreciate you walking with me on this <laughs> journey. It's been a learning process and I am very much taking your feedback to heart. So I'm going to figure out a new way to structure where I put the ads. I'm also trans. I'm um, moving to a new platform that will hopefully regulate the audio levels issue that was happening previously because um, that stuff is anyway heard you and <laughs> wanted to let you know I'm going moving forward gonna put all the ads in one spot so that it does not disrupt the flow of the show so when you get to that spot you will know that's the ad spot I'm also gonna do a little thing where I say and now a word from our sponsors so all of that is like stuff that you probably don't need to hear about but I just wanted to let you know because I care and outside of that wanted to introduce this episode I really enjoyed this book. It was one of those books that um, the title just stood out to me and I it's something I'm working on in my own life. So that's why I interviewed this lovely person and I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, wanted to give a little heads up. We do talk about a triggering topic in that's in one section of her book um, involving suicide and also involving children. So if that sounds too intense... Um, whenever you hear me ask her to tell the story from the book, you can just fast forward for a little while. And I will say it's, it doesn't have a bad ending. <laughs> so if you want, if that helps you feel at ease, um, and that's it. All right. Enjoy this episode, which is all about rituals and ancestry and kind of like rerouting, I would say, um, in a practice that gives grounding and resonance to, um, your life. If maybe religion is absent in your life and you wish you had some sort of connection like that or some practices that were like that. Um, I know for myself, I, I really envy people who do have religion in their life just because of what it does and it helps you pause and kind of be grateful and think of something higher than yourself and I feel like that's a really healthy practice to have. And just for that to be formalized in your life is really helpful. So in absence of that, if you don't have that, this would, I would say, would be a starting point. This kind of set of ways of thinking about ritual in your life or ways to kind of foster some sort of um, meaningful routine in your life. So with that, enjoy the episode. Thanks. Sorry, one more caveat. Apologies for mispronouncing B'nai Mitzvah. I um, finally looked it up. Should have done that before I started talking about it. Okay, that's all. Enjoy. Hi, friends. Today I am 
doing an interview with an amazing, uh, lovely human being named Becca Piastrelli, who has just written her first, your first book, right? Mm-hmm. First book. Um, and it's all about, I, I would say, uh, bringing back spirituality or grounding in your life and the importance of um, rekindling our our sense of uh, our our rituals in our lives and, and ancestors. I mean, you can speak to this better than I can, but it I think it's a beautiful book and I loved the process. I'm still kind of going through it almost like it's like a, a relationship I have to it where I'm like going through different chapters and like taking out a piece of it and then journaling on it. Or sometimes I'm actually like yesterday, I actually planted vegetables. <laughs> I was very inspired <laughs> Yeah, with my kids and it was really fun. We made big giant mud puddles. Um, but anyway, Becca, I would love for you to, uh, yeah. Tell me about your book and what made you want to write it? Hmm. Well, I'm so honored to be on your show and to be sharing a bit about this and that you're um, so interested in and affected by the book um, because uh, in some ways the book is really, really simple. You know, it's just the premise is we live in the Aramacene, otherwise known as the age of loneliness. And I remember when I heard that and my whole body was like, yep, this whole <laughs> concept that we're more connected technologically than ever before. And, you know, the pace of computers has sort of outpaced our body earth pace. And yet we as a collective human race are recording mental health now. And, um, there is just a massive uptick in a sense of loneliness. And I, 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 uh, pitched and, and outlined this book before, we even knew what a coronavirus was and, um, or I knew what a coronavirus was and then the pandemic hit. And then it was like, oh, ouch, ouch. Okay. So there is something to this idea of loneliness and isolation, uh, and the ways in which we as ancient species, human beings who, have millions of ancestors who lived on this earth and and times when it looked very different um, can look to those ways in order to feel better. That's really the whole point here, right? To feel better. So words I use are rooted or grounded or finding more meaning or finding a sense of connection. I find everyone sort of has the word that resonates for them. And so that's what I talk about. That's like my life goal. I'm like on the journey, peeling the onion of belonging and connection. And so this book is an offering of uh, what I've done and what I do, what I'm doing. And it's divided into four parts, land, lineage, community, and the self. And those are the four pillars, buckets in which I have found, like I've moved the dial, like, oh, I'm actually feeling better in these areas. So yeah. And the book is beautifully illustrated and really meant to be savored slowly read in a non-linear way. I love how you're like, yeah, it's just like parts are calling out to me and I offer recipes and rituals and, uh, journal prompts as a way to help us step out of our sort of like linear, um, growth-minded capitalist brain space and get us into our bodies and get us into a place of thinking and being differently mm-hmm. in this world uh, at this time. Cool. I love that. I, one of the quotes that I have to find it are, there are a couple quotes that like hit me really hard. Um, not quotes, sorry. M- things you wrote in the book that like just the idea of unhooking from systems of productivity and urgency that cause I've definitely been trying to do that. And I didn't really like, I wasn't consciously aware of that. Yeah. It, it's like, just like a very, um, uh, like almost like thirst. <laughs> like, I'm like, I really have to try and like steer myself out of this rhythm. Like I call it kind of like an addiction to routine yeah. where you're like almost, yeah, you, you want to go to this unconscious setting and it very much is like, uh, fear, fear fear-based instinct of like not wanting to stop 
engaging with this like nonstop routine, Mm -hmm. but it's like a, it can suck up years without you really even noticing it's happening. Like just with smartphones and the way that people work nowadays. Yes. Oh my gosh. I so relate to that in so many ways. Uh, and I'm always just like telling people like, despite the book I wrote and maybe what you perceive from my Instagram, like I am not like living in an earthen hut, you know, like operating <laughs> slippers. I am a mom of a one and a half year old toddler living in suburban California, like doing my best to remind myself that like the earth and my body don't operate at the pace of my inbox. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to do things in a slower, different way that feels good for my body because nearly all of us um, are feeling a struggle with the keeping up with, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I particularly talk to parents, particularly in this time, that are like, oh, wait, this is unsustainable and it's hurting. It's like it's hurting us, whether mentally or physically or in, you know, emotionally. And, And, um, unfortunately I don't think there's like an easy fix here. It's just being in the conversation about what isn't working and what feels a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, on just realizing that this pace and these systems of productivity, um, are not meant for our animal bodies and Mm -hmm. that it's okay to say it's not working for you. Mm -hmm. How did you arrive at Cause it seems like just backing up, like on this show, I do offer a lot of rituals and things that like we can do for ourselves to kind of reconnect to ourselves and, or reconstruct something higher and, um, bigger than ourselves. Cause I think a lot of people have baggage with religion or they have, um, a religion that they were brought up in that they don't, that doesn't resonate with them. Or we have like no connection to our ancestors, Mm -hmm. Um, and we would love to have that, but we don't have it. So Mm. I think like this, I think this collective unconscious kind of craving for, uh, spirituality and a connection to something higher and rooting Mm -hmm. is like, I feel it's happening all around us. And people are like trying desperately to find something. And for Mm -hmm. a lot of people that feel a little bit alienated by the language of, I don't know, the closest thing we have is really just like Oprah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it can feel a little bit like, um, manipulative or commerce based. So for me, this yeah. book very much resonated because it's about trying to create that for yourself in a way that you can give it to your kids and your family, which I'm so, I'm just very much trying to build that right now with my, my kids are pretty young too. I have a one and a half year old and a four year old and like, just to instill some form of prayer with them and like something mm-hmm. that some belief system for them. I'm like, um, so this book felt like you kind of gave form to like how we can construct that meaning for ourselves in our lives and like, uh, a sense of, um, bigger than, so I would love to know how you arrived mm-hmm. at this process and how it evolved for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the point in the conversation where some listeners are like, Ooh, my religion things are peaking and I'm nervous <laughs> about, yeah. About, um, like what does ritual mean? And is this like a cult? Yeah. Like there's <laughs> so much baggage we as a culture have around this. And so what I, in my own sort of, uh, curiosity, nosiness around, uh, the history of, uh, humans wanting to commune together to feel connection to something more than themselves. Like, yeah, there's a lot of problematic history there and problematic stuff happening to this day, manipulative stuff. But what remains true is our longing, you know, our longing and, and the original connection we had, we have as humanity to the natural world, to the seasons and cycles of the earth and the moon and the stars and There's a way in which I look to our ancestors, no matter what our ancestry is, that we all are descended from, from people who felt that connection and, and knew how to be in community. And that I believe is our birthright. And then systems of power, oppressive systems of power throughout history 
um, and we're all thinking of that right right now have come in and um, and asserted their power on that. And now we're in a time of commodifying it, right? We're in a time of commodifying it. And so we'll set that aside because that's not really my thesis here. My thesis is that it is our birthright to feel a connection to something more than ourselves. And that a lot of this feeling of being lonely is a, is a historical severing from the, the life that is teeming all around us, like Google, the tree internet, Google, like the mycelium network. Like, oh my it, gosh. Love. Have you read entangled life by the way? It's like yes. my favorite book. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's just like to remember that just like to look at this, this way of animism, which is a term of really feeling um, all things being alive around you and, and, to go in the garden, or even if you live in the concrete jungle, to think that the beneath that concrete, there are waters flowing and there are bones um, fossilizing and there are um, just like microbes and mycelium breathing. <laughs> and that that has always been, and that we are not separate. This whole idea of nature, going out into nature, that's like a colonial term that separates us from the living world, which is a term I'm using instead of nature these days that a teacher, um, Mila Prince shared with me, which is mm. like, we have forgotten. And it's just been like, because of systems of oppression and powerful forces and many, many, many generations of convincing us we need to be alone in our nuclear family homes, which I am in right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm in the system, but I'm realizing a lot of this disconnection is historical and takes time to repair and unlearn. So we are like, we have a right to feel connected and to listen to that longing. Uh, and the, my book is an offering of a way to start, which is like pretty, this is what I'm saying in the beginning, like it's pretty simple stuff. And oftentimes, and you know, our brains want to make it complicated and ornate. And it's like as simple as like putting your feet in the earth. It's as simple as like, like just touching a tree or planting a vegetable uh, or just being alone with yourself and listening to your body. Mm. Beautiful. <laughs> Preach on. It's <laughs> <That was> really nice. <laughs> um, well, I love that you've gathered all of this wisdom too for us. I mean, it does sound like I, although it's simple, it's like a lot of it is it's hard to access, especially if yeah. you are in a very like unconscious routine-based email driven, uh, brain setting. So yeah. like, it's helpful, I think, to have things offered, like, for example, um, learning how to ferment vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, uh, there's so many things like that, that are like sort of, uh, you wouldn't normally think of as spiritual practice, but it's so magical <laughs> to be yes. able to try something like that. And then be like, I made this just by <laughs> letting it sit for a really long time in the dark. It's like it's such a cool and, uh, amazing superpower to return to some of these practices. So I yes. appreciate that aspect of the book. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean, for anyone that's interested, it, is it for sale now or is it not? Oh yeah. It's okay. out. Yeah. Um, well, there's like the way it's structured. So it's four parts. I'm very curious as to why you decided on the four parts, but then there are these at the end or throughout these different practices you can do as well as journal prompts, which I like a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, tell me about the four parts of the book. Yeah. So it's land lineage community and the self. And I came up with them because they were the four areas that I felt the deepest longing or yearning or pain mm. in my life. So land, right. I'm talking about nature, the living world, um, feeling like I didn't know how to garden, feeling like growing up, feeling afraid of plants. Will they poison me? Will they sting me? Will they, um, you know, were they um, bothersome, uh, afraid of bees, thought ants were scared, you know, all these things, which is like, fine if you feel that. But the, the bigger point here is I felt a separation and a fear. And then just coming of age and really um, understanding, you know, really being really concerned about changing climate and um, realizing 
a lot of what we need to do as humans alive in this time is return to a sense of wonder and appreciation and honoring and reverence of the living world that, oh, that was like conceptually what I wanted, but yet difficult for me to do. Mm. Uh, and so that's an area that I talk about. Lineage is about ancestors, which is, can, which is quite a loaded topic for many of us. And a lot of that for me came from a, a reckoning with my whiteness and a real sense of um, feeling cultureless. Uh, I am descended from settler colonizers of um, Maine, modern day Maine and New Hampshire and really settling with, or really contending with like the pain and harm that my ancestors cause. And then thinking about, oh, but what, what are my ancestors original homes and what did they eat? And, um, what, what was the weather like? And, and, um, what music do they listen to? What stories, what are their creation stories and all of that for me to understand. And then to look deeper, not just like the people I'm descended from, but like, the fact that uh, we are descended from like mushrooms, we are descended from stardust to really get a sense of, again, we're, we're working with loneliness here, a sense of like the family, the lineage, the ancestors that I descend from and feeling a spiritual connection to all that came before me. And then the humanity of that, like the legacy of harm, the legacy of resilience, the legacy of bravery and generosity. I found that um, fortifying. Mm. So that was that section. And then community. Yeah. That's when I talk about, I can talk about forever, right. Our yearning for the village, our yearning to feel connected to each other, our yearning to feel comfortable. And, um, like we have deep and meaningful friends, which can be so hard to have as an adult. I became a new mom in the pandemic and just felt like, Oh, I don't think I'm supposed to do this alone. <laughs> I'm doing this alone and it really sucks. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I talk about uh, rites of passage and ritual and the ways in which we need to be witnessed and seen in the ways our life change by each other and how, Ooh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's so true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we do. We very much need to be witnessed in order to know that a shift has happened, yeah. right? Every human being, no matter what your life path is, goes through radical life transformation and it changes our identity. Mm -hmm. And how do we know what our identity is? It's by being witnessed by others. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's so, I, it's funny you say that. Cause like the first thing that popped in my head was a friend of mine. I went to his children's Benai mitzvah. I think that's how, I don't actually know how to pronounce it correctly. Either way, it is a, uh, it was like something I almost, I almost felt sad. I didn't have one Yeah, just cause it was so, I was, I was like so moved by just yes. the, the practice of them walking through under this threshold and, uh, having all of these people witness them in like a giant group and then celebrating that and then having a giant party for it. And I'm like, that's so powerful. Like what a monumental moment in life yeah. to be celebrated. I mean, to have any of those throughout your life, like a quinceanera, I feel like the same way about, I'm like, that's so beautiful. Mm. Wish I had things like that, that, I mean, I had many, many other gifts, but still just to have like a progression through a life stage that was commemorated in some very meaningful way, I think would have been a wonderful experience to have. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Uh, and yeah, having not grown up in a strong, like cultural or religious tradition in which uh, those ritual celebrations, threshold moments were held on to, except wedding, mm -hmm. baby shower, right? Right. Um, yeah, I've so, so in there's a chapter in the community section. I talk about we can create our own rituals for to honor rites of passage. I even talk about um, creating rituals to honor rites of passage that happened in the past. Like mm -hmm. I have been a part of rituals uh, where um, with women who are in their elder years, who are 
honoring when they first got their first period because it was so traumatic and and not really celebrated and giving them that space to like have a healing experience around that. Uh, and I talk about, yeah, like let's, we can create rituals to honor divorces. We can create rituals to honor graduations. We can create rituals to move into new homes, to move out of homes. Um, there are so many important, meaningful moments for all of us. And even if we didn't grow up in a tradition or have, some sort of like consecrated dogmatic tradition doesn't mean we can't create that on our own. And so I, I share some ways you can create your own in the book. Mm, I love, love, love that. I mean, the thing I think that is most, I mean, cause for a lot of people who especially have baggage around religion or around rituals that they were a part of that, that, that did not resonate with them. I think it can feel like we don't mean it, or it can feel like play acting or like, Mm. this is silly. Like we get, we almost talk ourselves out of it. I think because we are brought up in such our like, you know, rational driven growth, whatever capitalism, all that stuff. Like our, our instinct is to be like, that's silly. Like just making ourselves feel like we shouldn't do stuff like that. And I think one thing that I learned just through my own kind of reclaiming of my spiritual self through my adult life was just to fake it till you make it. (laughs) My old therapist actually was the one that was just like, yeah, you don't, we know you don't believe in God, but just like try, um, acting as if, and I was like, all right, I'll just try this. And through that, I started to realize it, even if you don't believe in it, in the moment you're doing it, it still has a lot of power just via practicing something. It's like, you're telling your brain, I mean it. And it just through the visual feedback alone, you are giving something, a uh, significant, uh, significant presence in your life. Mm. So for, I think for the, you know, people who are going through a breakup, for example, to do a gesture of closure where you're like, let's say taking a photo and then you're tearing the photo up in a ceremonious way and then burying it. Like that has such a incredible impact in your life and how your body chooses to move forward from that point, whether or not in the moment you feel invested in it or not. So like, I think ritual has a spooky amount of power in a good way in all, uh, in, in all the ways that like the repercussions will be felt. So I'm like a big proponent of enacting a ritual for whatever you could possibly do (laughs) just because it has power no matter what. I'm so glad you brought that up because I mean, I, I participate in a lot of ritual, both personal and communal. And I still, to this day, sometimes feel really silly (laughs) or even like embarrassed or having moments of like, Oh, or even like giggling to myself. Cause I'm like, what are we doing? (laughs) And, and I think, and that's okay. I love that we're normalizing that here. Cause like it is, it's okay. It's okay that it feels clunky. It's okay that it feels funny. It's okay in the moment. Like if we're, you're not, I'm, I always tell people when I like lead guided visualizations, I'm like, it's okay. If like halfway through, I'm like guiding you in a forest and you're like thinking of your grocery list or like, <laughs> or, or being like, oops, I fell asleep. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like we are doing our best and we're working, you know, in with, we're meeting ourselves where we're at and it's powerful, no matter what, like let's embrace our whole humanity. And, you know, there's like a perfectionism in our culture that makes us feel really Mm. afraid of trying new things. And when, and then like the rational mind you're talking about is quite judgmental. Oh, totally. Because we just don't want to look stupid and we don't want to be caught with our pants down or be a loser, whatever it is. A lot of it is like rooted in like, you know, playground stuff. And it's, So it's brave. It's brave to engage in ritual. Or I think a lot of the time we're like, we associate, it's like, I feel like a lot of the time, at least for me, I'm like, I can't own this as my own thing. This means I'm subscribing to this whole other trend. Culty, uh, you know, like has a kind of humor to it that like, or an irony to it that like conjures a lot of the secret types of, I don't know. Oh, I'm with you. 
shit on anybody's no but i'm with you but then there's also truth to it so it's like there's a it's it can feel like you can't open yourself to things because you want to you don't want to look dumb or you don't want to feel like mocked by other people anyway (laughs) one thing that i think um what that i really appreciated about just the way that your book is it's first of all it's very thoughtfully written and and like i can feel your just your support throughout it like your what your your voice is very gentle and i think that's really it's just a very sweetly written book um but one thing that you you kind of bring about is like giving um weight and power to the stories of your own life and your own childhood and Mm -hmm. giving like almost medicinal power or, or spiritual power to things that resonated in your family legacy. And like, Mm -hmm. I very much feel that way just in my own, um, I think it just my, who I am as a kid or who I was as a kid, I was always a very sentimental child. And like, mm-hmm. I always gave great meaning to certain things and like was so attached to certain re- repetition of certain practices in my family mm-hmm. and especially foods. So the lima bean soup story really <laughs> stood mm-hmm. out to me because you're like, oh. this is, this is the life-saving soup. Yeah. So I'd love it. If you could tell, um, mm-hmm. if you feel comfortable telling that yeah. story. Oh, wow. Thank you. Means a lot that you read it and it resonated for you. Yeah. A lot of like the ritual of me writing this book is sharing these aspects of my life, um, which is very vulnerable, uh, (laughs) but very healing for me. So I wrote this in the, the lineage section when I was encouraging folks to connect to stories and foods of their people. So, um, I, am privileged enough to have access to diary entries written by ancestors. And um, my mom, I was like, mom, she was like the bone collector of the family. She like kept all the uh, documents. And I said, okay, I just drop some off and I'll take a look at them. And I always found them boring, but all of a sudden I found myself pouring through one of them. And it is a diary entry that has been transcribed on a word processor in the early nineties and like terrible font <laughs> of, um, a gr- my great grandmother's sister, my great grandmother, Philomena Schleicher, uh, Amazing name, Philomena. Uh, Philomena Schleicher. I love saying it. <clears throat> so she immigrated with her family mother and father and um, four siblings from Poland, uh, Poland, Germany, those boundaries moved uh, through New Orleans in the wow. late 1800s. Yeah. It was easier Amazing. to get in through New Orleans than it was through Ellis Island or San Francisco. Yes. And New Orleans at the time was kind of like lawless, wild place. And in that diary entry, they talk about um, not being allowed to go out at Mardi Gras because um, it was so violent, which is really interesting. Wow. Yeah. So uh, in this one part of the diary entry, uh, it talks about how all the children, my great-grandmother was um, six at the time, worked at a shrimp factory. So that's the legacy of child labor in this <laughs> country, immigrant children shelling shrimp. Uh, they worked at a shrimp factory Uh, And they lived in factory housing. And uh, one night, their housing burned down. And uh, her father was working like on railroad or something far away. And so it was her mother and all the kids. And then they were, they were homeless. They were homeless. And so, um, yeah, content warning. I'm about to talk about some like intense um, suicide. So, uh, she, their, her mother didn't know what to do and, uh, broke homeless immigrant. And so she resolved to take her children and her to, um, to drown themselves, to drown themselves because they were so hopeless. So I know, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So she was walking and the children knew. So, uh, they were walking to do that. 
And um, a woman who knew them stopped them and asked what they were doing or found out what they were doing and said, no, no, come, you can stay with us. And when they went into her home, she served them lima bean soup. And in the diary entry, it said, I've never had this soup and lima bean soup. Uh, And that was in the diary entry. And I just read it and thought, oh my gosh, had that woman not stopped them and served them that lima bean soup, I, my grandmother, my great grandmother never would have had my grandmother who never would have had my father who never would have had me. That would have been the end of that line. That lima bean soup is the life-saving soup. It was so powerful, you know, and it was kind of like a, you know, benign, um, little bit bland, just sort of like chronicling of life diary entry, but I was able to like pull those words and make those conclusions. And it was very powerful for me. So now lima bean soup is a big deal in my life. (laughs) And amazing that you have that perspective, you know, what a gift. I feel like I have a similar, not as tragic, potentially tragic, but I mean, probably could have gotten there. My, on my Korean side, my Nana was, and I feel like these types of stories are so common in this time period. And like, yes, also in my family background, but my Nana, my Korean grandma was, I think I want to say nine years old and her mother died. And then, and she had a, like probably five siblings and her dad was going to just put them all in an orphanage because he could Mm -hmm. not handle taking care of them by himself. And she said, no, no, I'll take care of everybody. Please don't put us in an orphanage. So she stopped going to to school and took care of all of her siblings for the rest of her and until they were all grown. And that energy, you could feel it in her, uh, you know, my experience of my grandmother, my Nana was like, I could totally feel that in her personality of just, I didn't get my turn ever. Like I, I had so much I was going to do. It was like very much living through her, um, everything she did and like her role as a grandmother, (laughs) the burden she carried. Yeah. And just always wanting to have had her own life. I'm getting away from the soup aspect, but like, no, there just, is though. It's, yeah. it was such a, a powerful piece of information for me to get. Cause I'm like, Holy fucking shit, man. I have it so good. I, I mean, I find my own traumas that I've been through, but I'm like, that is just right. Just right. What you go through. Um, I mean, to survive. And now we will have a brief intermission to hear a word from our sponsors. Whether you're navigating complex relationships, dealing with divorce or separation, or experiencing grief, when life gets challenging, it's normal to feel overwhelmed and lonely. This is why I'm excited to tell you about Circles. Circles is an emotional support platform that connects you with a small group of people going through similar challenges in a safe online space. When you sign up to Circles, you'll answer a few quick questions and get matched with a circle that's just right for you. Guided by mental health professionals, Circles meets weekly in group video meetings and are also available for mutual support in a 24-7 group chat. At only $79 a month, this expert-led support is less than the cost of a single therapy session. But the Circles folks know that emotional growth takes time and space. So you can try Circles for free for 30 days and see how it works for you. To join, download the Circles app and sign up. For a limited time, Circles is offering Help Me Be Me listeners 50% off on your second month with Circles. Just enter the promo code HELPMEBEME. Ana Luisa makes affordable, dainty, chic, and everyday luxurious jewelry. That was a lot of adjectives, but I also mean it. I wear Ana Luisa because it's very simple, it's very elegant, um, and it's practical. I have chosen um, a, a bracelet that has got kind of these two links that are are holding together. Just empowerment, I guess, is what I think of when I look at it. Please go to shop 
analuisa.com slash helpmebeme. Treat yourself and a loved one and use my code helpmebeme to get 10% off. I recommend them. They're a great brand making beautiful, sustainable jewelry. So go check out shop.analuisa.com slash helpmebeme, code helpmebeme, shop.analuisa.com slash helpmebeme, and use my code helpmebeme to get 10% off. If you have gaps in your diet, you shouldn't ignore them. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet, and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. It's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. Ritual is committed to third-party testing from USP and the Non-GMO Project, traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients, and always clear communication. Also really enjoy the ordering process of Ritual. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash helpmebeme and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash helpmebeme. It's wintertime. It's very cold outside, which means it feels nice to be indoors. I don't have a whole lot of time to cook, but I can still eat well, and I leave my meals to Factor. Factor makes it easy for me to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe that they're actually good for you. They offer vegan plus veggie meals, keto meals, low-calorie options. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs worked hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. Head to go.factor75.com slash helpmebeme120 and use code helpmebeme120 to get $120 off. That's code helpmebeme120 at go.factor75.com slash helpmebeme120 for $120 off. Bombas's mission is simple, to make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas designs their socks, shirts, and underwear to be clothes you can't wait to put on every day. And that is exactly how I feel when I put them on. It's like my socks were made, crafted exactly for my feet. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. Go to bombas.com slash helpmebeme and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash helpmebeme for 20% off. Bombas.com slash helpmebeme. I didn't know that most cat food brands are filled with a lot of things like grains and fillers, very little protein. And that is why I recommend Cat Person to everyone in my extended family. It's everything that a cat needs to stay happy and healthy. High quality, high protein meals delivered right to your door. If you order your starter box today, I have arranged for Cat Person to provide an exclusive offer of nearly 40% off just for my listeners. They have flavors like tuna, salmon and tuna, duck, duck and chicken. You and your cat are going to love Cat Person as much as we do. Go to catperson.com slash helpmebeme and use code helpmebeme to save nearly 40% off your starter box with free shipping. That's catperson.com slash helpmebeme, code helpmebeme to get nearly 40% off your starter box with free shipping. Catperson.com slash helpmebeme, code helpmebeme. Not all probiotics are created equal. It turns out everything you think about probiotics may be wrong. 
The good news is Seed's Daily Symbiotic is the real deal. I am actually using Seed Symbiotics every day and I am enjoying them immensely. Doesn't need to be refrigerated. What does a Daily Symbiotic do for you? Well, it supports benefits in and beyond the gut. Seed will support ease of bloating, healthy regularity, ease of evacuation, if you know what I mean. It also supports your gut barrier, skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. Many people see improvements in digestion within 24 to 48 hours, which can include regularity and just less bloating. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash helpmebeme and use code helpmebeme to redeem 20% off your first month of Seed's daily symbiotic. That's seed.com slash helpmebeme and use code helpmebeme. Sorry, it took us to such a dark. <laughs> no, don't book, apologize. Just... It's so, and we all have a version of that, right? Mm-hmm. If we're privileged enough to know those stories. Yeah, it's to, yeah, to think like all of us have millions of ancestors and they all somehow lived mm-hmm. so we could be alive now. And there are so many stories in there. Some we know, most we don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, yeah, I mean, it brings a level of empathy, compassion, gratitude, yeah, there's a lot there. Very humbling, yeah. I think. And yeah, gratitude, totally. Yeah, and I I appreciate also just like exactly what you said, the chain of like, I'm so lucky that you lived and that you survived and that you powered through and you made it so I could live. Like all of these different, all these generations went through such hell and I'm- so, so grateful for all that they endured so that I can be alive today and have my kids be, have, you know, have very protected, joyful, um, supported life. And then you becoming the ancestor, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, they're your descendants and, um, you and you've, you know, you're becoming the ancestor. You are the ancestor, uh, that ones will speak of or draw upon and has contributed to this line. Like you, you take your place in that. That's mm. powerful too. Yeah. And that is why I think, um, this was a timely read for me. Cause I do, I do want to have those rituals and, yeah. um, practices that we can all do together and that, have meaning. And I think Mm -hmm. if we don't have a lot of meaning in our, in our regular lives, like we have to kind of create it. We can give it importance and depth and meaning, um, and magic. (laughs) Yes. What are you? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to ask you what your favorite, um, I know you garden, but like, what are your favorite ritual practices that you do for yourself and your, your family? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm sort of beginning again. I had my first child and felt like my whole life blow up and I (laughs) just start (laughs) over, which apparently is common in a major rite rite of passage. Uh, And so, yeah, I used to have so many rituals and now it's about simple, meaningful ones. Uh, So like with my daughter, it's saying good morning to the sun every morning saying thank you for shining and providing life and saying hello to the moon, even if we don't (laughs) see it every evening and thanking it for the tides and the gravity and all of that. Uh, And um, yeah, with her, it's a lot of like, I want, I want her to feel an awe and wonder and love for the living world. Uh, And so which she naturally has, you know, just Mm. like she loves, like when the wind blows through the trees, we dance like the trees and she Mm. always like pets and thanks the flowers. And, and that's, and then I do it too. Right. I'm doing it with her. It's not just modeling. It's like, no, we're going to do it together. Uh, And then 
actually a ritual that happened after having her. So postpartum hair loss is a thing. Oh yeah. Right? You have a child and then you are brushing your hair and a lot of hair comes out. <laughs> and uh, I was noticing, I was feeling grief around that. And then I realized like, oh, this hair represents the that human being that one without children who had all that freedom. And, um, and I was feeling like a tension there missing that life. And, and like this hair contains the cells of those, of those lives of, of those years of that life. And so I collected all that hair, uh, like big old hairball. And, um, and I buried the strands of it in my garden and I had a friend say, oh, you're introducing yourself and composting your old self to like the mycelium and microbes of your land. Ooh. So, yeah. So I still sometimes like just pull hair out of my hairbrush uh, and just like bring it to my garden. And that was that was like just an urge I had. And it felt like kind of weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. And I was like, oh, it was weird hairball. Like, what am I doing? It felt good. And I, I share this one a lot and I get people go like, oh, oh, oh. And I remember being like, this is weird. I'm about to tell you something really weird, but I never really get met with like, you're so weird. I get met with, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So those, that has been, those have been um, powerful and like easy rituals mm-hmm. for me. Mm, I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm very into dream work and are doing oh, cool. dream work with myself. And like, um, the one thing that I find is makes cements the motion in my life based on the learning I get from my dreams is if I enact a, a ritual based on it. So it's like, I'm demonstrating, hmm. I heard you. And this is my gesture of, this is my gift of acknowledgement world universe self. And, um, a lot of them involve burying things. Oh, (laughs) really? Yeah. Or some, some related, something related to earth and digging or, uh, a bath of some sort. Um, yeah. But like one recent one is just, um, was very tied to abalone. So I had, uh, it was kind of like a waking dream. I do dream classes, um, cool with a group of people. Yeah. And so wonderful. One of the symbols that came forth was this, this abalone shell. And I was like, abalone, what's abalone from? And it's the, it's a Korean art form of, or like basically, um, embedding abalone or mother of pearl into like a very lacquered wood. It's like an ornate kind of. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And I used to hide inside of this giant chest that was covered in abalone mother of pearl when I was a little kid. It was my Korean grandmother's chest. And so I was like, Oh, I remember that kid. That's the kid self I'm trying to connect to right now. So, um, yes. So so one of my rituals was to basically get, um, abalone shell and like kind of feel be with the shell and feel the shell and like it's it brings me so much joy mm-hmm. um yeah so a bit like seeking it out it was like, it was like a really fun process um mm. so yeah i'm like all about the whatever random ritual happens to present itself in my mind i'm like i'm gonna spend my saturday doing that that's so cool that you're really open and receptive and then willing to do it. <laughs> you know, I think so many people get the ideas and they're like, oh, I don't know, but that's beautiful that you have a practice of like <laughs> receiving and doing the ritual that comes. Yeah. I mean, sometimes <laughs> as we already touched on, I do feel silly Yeah, and, or there's that like other part of my brain that's like, do you mean this though? Yeah. I mean, are you just really just faking this? Totally. Maybe like- you are. Yeah. But uh, it feels good. So I'll do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Appreciate the hairball story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there any um, favorite part of your book that you would love to talk about? Hmm. 
Well, yeah, I was talking about the four parts. And so the fourth part. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot I cut you off. (laughs) Oh, no, it's fine. I loved it. Yeah. So the fourth part is self. Uh, And so you can't really talk about belonging without first talking about belonging to your own self and talking about our journeys with our inner critics and our feelings of worthiness. And, uh, and that's often quite tender. So that's where the book completes is um, looking at ourselves and our beliefs with ourselves and the way we talk to ourselves. I talk about my journey with my body and invite you the reader into the journey with their body. Uh, And then I talk about unleashing um, your wildness. So talking about how, like I said earlier, that we, our ancestors were connected to the living world, to the wild ways, to the nature, to nature, to uh, seasons and cycles of the earth. And so I talk about how I live uh, seasonally. I commit to noticing where I live in my bioregion, how my body feels um, during the seasons, how my body feels during the moon phases, how my body feels in my menstrual phase. Um, and being, and just really reminding the reader that, that, that they can do the same too. Uh, and then bringing the magic in, I invite you to make it, I invite the reader to make a talisman. I invite the reader to write to their future self, and to really engage in that place of, I am worthy of feeling belonging, connection, love, um, a sense of being uh, rooted and grounded here in this time, uh, which is often quite tender and intense uh, <laughs> and, and important. You know, I, I find when I talk about belonging, um, a lot of folks are like, yeah, yeah, friendships and community and yes, 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 community care. It's like, yeah, and also you, your relationship with you and taking a look at all of that. So that's the final section of the book. Mm, intense. Um, I'm curious because, oh, I am very excited to do the letter to your future self, by the way. I haven't I started yeah. to do it. And then I was like, I don't know who that self is. Like I had a very hard time envisioning that person because I'm like, I don't want to make it too uh, much of a perfectionistic thing. <laughs> it's like I had to like yeah. take, take a step back from it for a bit, bit. but um, I'm curious what you meant by like when you did this process yourself, how it was intense. Hmm. Really being confronted with my, my self-belief. So there's this whole thing of like, would you talk the way you talk to yourself? Would you talk to your friends that way? And it's often like, no, like we can be our harshest critics. And oftentimes, um, especially those of us who have engaged in therapy or healing work or spirituality work, we, we come up against, um, whether it's like ancestral family traumas, the way we were raised, the impacts of the way our ancestors were raised, just like epigenetically appearing in our bodies, like there's so much there that needs to be held with care. And um, this perfectionism can come into of like, well, I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. And so the intensity is something that I invite us all to be with, the discomfort of taking a look at ourselves, being soft with, you know, experiences in the past where um, either we like maybe in our childhood where we were not parented or caregived in this way that we wanted to and uh, the ways maybe we treated our bodies or our hearts in moments in the past or relationships. There's just like a lot there. And so when I talk about intensity, I really talk about tenderness. And, um, and I think what I'm inviting everyone listening into is just like the long game here. That's, that's really my whole goal is that we all slow the fuck down with our healing with our, (laughs) and be gentle. That's my whole thing. I'm a gentleness person. Uh, and that unlearning these ways and rehabiting these patterns, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And so if we can slow down and be with all of it, uh, I think that's the most sustainable way to make change for the better Mm. to feel more meaning and joy in our lives Mm -hmm. I really like I feel like there are two themes that are kind of popping out 
one of which is uh, just taking time and slowing down. And then the other being simple, like yeah, so simple. And that's like the best kind of, not that this is a self-help book, but that is the best kind of self-help. It's like just too, very, very basic. Like, it's not yeah. like you're going to have a bullet journal where you're like writing 300 things. It's right. super, it's just simple, be simple and slow down. Like we can all do that. Well, I think a lot of us are burning out right now, Mm -hmm. you know, on, on information overload, um, emotional overload. Like there's just a lot we're carrying. So yes, that I am advocating for a simpler way of being. Mm. You know, what's so funny is like, well, cause the part that you, that I already quoted with the pulling back from or untraining this habit of urgency mm. that hit, that resonates a lot with me. I mean, it's, I feel like it's a process I have to consciously go through at least yearly where I remind myself to unplug consciously and pull back from the urgency. Cause it is like this weird addiction. I feel yeah. like, you know, it's like every we it's, it's almost like it's tapping into this very, uh, just biological, almost like flaw (laughs) in our wiring where we can get like trapped in this hamster wheel. It like in the same way that slot machines affect us, I feel like there are certain things that like tap into just an unconscious setting we have. And it's very easy to just get lost and forget and like not step back and slow down. So I'm I feel like I'm constantly trying to like temper that and remind myself like this setting of urgency is a concept. It's a, it's a thing that does not really exist in reality. And it's, I'm in part feeding it and like creating it, co-creating it. And if I can consciously step back and be non-reactive to all mm-hmm. of the information and that's telling me to like go really fast. If I can be very selective in that and tell it like no and not engage with it, time actually slows down mm-hmm. and space actually opens up. And all of it isn't, you start to realize it's not real. When it, it's like yeah. when we're in it, it feels real. Yeah. And when we can step back from it, we're like, oh, all of this wasn't necessary at all. There's, and yet there are so many systems that are trying to tell us like, hurry though, hurry, you got to do this. Like, don't forget to do this. Wait, you're missing this. And like, it's all, none of it's really necessary at all. Oh, I'm so into that. Yeah. (laughs) Urgency is manufactured and hurts us. It's violent. Urgency is violent, uh, to our bodies, to our relationships with each other, to the way we treat the planet, to the way it's just, it's no good. And it's addicting as hell. Yeah. I mean, I, you're doing that annually. I'm doing that monthly. (laughs) I'm just like, (laughs) okay, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And I think it's okay to notice yourself doing it. That's the point. Notice it. And then be Mm -hmm. like, whoa, do I need to do this? Yeah. Ooh, you're giving me this idea for like an urgency cleanse. Ooh, nice. Maybe we should. Yeah. Maybe that should be like a, a monthly thing. Everybody does. Yeah. Check in, check in with that. Yeah. Really like taking a day to just step back and deprogram. Mm -hmm. It's, it is, it's weird. It's a scary feeling. It's like falling backwards a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. ah, but I'm going to mess things up. I'm going to miss. Yeah, I can't, but people are going to be mad. If, you know, like uh, fear-based, like the wanting to check a smartphone feeling. Yeah. It's very in our fibers. But I also think it's like a muscle, you know, like an atrophied muscle that if you just like keep lifting the weight, it gets stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I, I do check in often because I'm noticing I'm noticing that like, I'm increasingly more okay with taking four days to respond to an email. And now like, oh, what if I put in my email signature that I will take up to four days? I will take up to seven days. Yeah. Like how, how would that be? Like how, yeah. And like, you know, a year ago it would have been like, no way. 
I'm I'm like so inspired by that idea. I know it's it's like rad, it's truly radical. So I'm saying simple. radical. Yeah. Simple it's and powerful. Kind of blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Um that's amazing. Love that. <laughs> I know I'm like what could I trim? What what could, what thing yeah. could I take extra time to do? Oh, it's so exciting. Mhm. It is. Um well, I would love it if you could tell me, I mean, I know you are also a podcaster. I would love to hear yeah. all of the things you do, all of the, your website, your book, everything, just if you could give me all that info at once. Sure. Okay. So the book is called Root and Ritual, Timeless Ways to Connect to Land, Lineage, Community, and the Self. And you can get it in all the places that you get the books. And, uh, yeah, I have a podcast called belonging. Uh, it's not the mega church one. It's the one with Becca Piastrelli. <laughs> You'll find it. Uh, and yeah, you can find me Becca Piastrelli on Instagram. If you type in some semblance of that algorithms, find me and my website, it's Becca Amazing. Yeah. Um, and the book is on Amazon. I wish I had like another name of a company that I could throw out there, but it's on all the things. Yeah. Bookshop, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Indie Books. Ask your local bookstore to carry it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say get one for a friend, get one for yourself and get one for a friend. It's a beautiful book. I loved it. I love it. It's active in my life right now. So I'm very grateful that I crossed uh, your path and you crossed my path. Oh, I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Um, well, it's lovely to meet you. And yeah. um, thank you for talking with me today. Such a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful weekend, long weekend. Oh, because it's Friday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you too. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Becca. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Bye.